All right. Welcome to another episode of NST and Things, uh, hosted by Casey Smith. I, or it is uh, January 30th, and uh, today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. I oftentimes uh, use myself as a guinea pig and uh, come across things uh, and, or have opportunities to experience things in life. And uh, recently, well, not so recent, actually, um, I was first uh, educated uh, about what we're going to talk about about three years ago. And interestingly enough, um, I just kind of lost touch uh, with the facility. I had other things going on, having a baby, big things. Um, and I just I, I put a hold on everything. And what I found was two years after, I found myself in a position where uh, I needed some change. And I wasn't sure exactly what was going on, but I knew something was off. I knew it wasn't myself. So uh, today, instead of going through case case studies, uh, I thought it would be fitting. Uh, it's Thursday. Uh, Thursdays, uh, since the beginning of last year, uh, I kind of made a promise to myself in a sense that, excuse me, I would focus my at least some of my Thursday time because uh, it's easy to fill it with work, uh, office things, whatnot. Uh, although I'm not treating, um, it can get very hectic. And I told myself that, you know, self-therapy uh, or self, um, self-care self primarily uh, was a major component uh, that I was missing in my life. Uh, I'm a very type A individual. It's easy for me to burn the candle at both ends. And um, I was doing that to myself a lot. And you don't quite fully understand some of the things that you you go through and uh, that you endure and how it begins to change you. Um, but about six months ago, maybe probably more close to eight to ten months ago, I was really feeling things were off in my life. And um, it's almost as though I had a, uh, uh, you know, like a book fell from the sky and hit me in the head and was like, hey, you already know what to go do. Like, Go do it. And, uh, I'm glad I listened to the book. Uh, so what we're going to kind of dive into is my experience, uh, kind of what I had, uh, or was dealing with, and then a little bit about kind of, you know, what I noticed change and, uh, what improvements I felt, uh, from experiencing neurofeedback, uh, like I'd said, I was first turned on to neurofeedback about three years ago. There's a facility here in Sarasota, Florida, uh, called the Brainwave Center. Um, since experiencing this, I've recommended a lot of patients go try it as well. Um, the try to explain it the best I can. It's not necessarily a therapy, um, but neurofeedback is a way to re-sculpt the neuroplasticity that is in your head. So neuroplasticity just means things can, your brain can evolve and change over time. Um, sometimes what happens, much like our bodies and our posture, um, we get stuck in patterns or we experience a trauma or we experience, you know, something big. And 
what we can now see, and through neurofeedback we can measure these things, is they can find if you've had a head trauma, if you've had a concussion. Um, they can see and identify problems in the areas where your head or your brain made contact with the skull and with whatever structure your skull hit. Um, it helps tremendously with ADHD, uh, depression, uh, anxiety and stress. Uh, in my opinion, some of the very root things that I feel are eating away at many people now, you know, it's amazing how many people that are older that I see and they've just endured a lot. And I, you know, by the time you're 60, you've experienced a lot of life. If you didn't have any problems, doesn't mean you never will, or you're having problems just because you're getting old. Um, you know, you've been on this this planet for a long time, and you've experienced a lot of life. You've experienced a lot of traumas. You've experienced a lot of overuse and misuse. So, you know, normal muscle pain, dysfunction, that's normal. But it's fascinating that I'm 30 now and seeing kind of the rest of, you know, my generation, the generation before mine, uh, dealing with a lot of mental health issues. And I think we'll see mental health come to the forefront a lot more. I know my fiance dives into this quite a bit with the work that she does. Um, people aren't mentally healthy. And there's a lot of masks, uh, a lot of band-aids, you know, much like we can put a, you know, take a pain pill uh, to reduce some pain symptoms. You know, you can take an antidepressant. You can, you know, take things to help with anxiety. And in some cases, that's, you know, it's needed. Uh, I do believe, you know, Per your situation in life, um, there are different avenues, and there's you know good, better, worse avenues. Sometimes we have to take an avenue that's not so great in the beginning um, because of the situation that we're at in life. So if you know if you're an individual that needs medication and that's what you can afford, and that's you know that's where you are in life, I would hope that this brings some some education, and you continue to educate yourself <clears throat> and to seek out. <clears throat> pardon me some different um, modalities, uh, some different <clears throat> uh, alternative things that could help. Um, but for myself, uh, I was basically getting to a point where, you know, having a kid, uh, adjusting to life after having a kid, uh, having my own personal family um, disruptions uh, and stressors in life, uh, and then segueing that into uh, planning a marriage. Uh, I'll be married here at the end of uh, February. It's been in the works for uh, a little over a year, uh, just because the timing of everything. And um, I can honestly say, although that wasn't as hectic in the beginning, um, it's very hectic now. And I don't know if I'd be doing as well as I am um, if I hadn't sought out the neurofeedback and, and had kind of, you know, chosen to take that path and, and remembered that that was a path that could be taken. Um, so to backtrack a bit, what is neurofeedback? Um, the easiest way <clears throat> or the, the way I describe it to folks is your brain exhibits, uh, patterns and as patterns, there's uh, different brain waves, um, 
alpha, delta, theta, and they monitor these brain waves. And they can see where in, in areas of the brain, uh, you know, things are hyperactive. So, for instance, when I went in, I was experiencing, um, well, I always had a tendency to do things faster, take on a lot. And uh, when I was younger, nobody really said that I had ADHD. Nobody said that, you know, I had any sort of learning disability or, or mental impairment, you know, whatever you want to label it. And um, I'm fortunate for that. I think that definitely helped uh, how I sculpted myself in my brain and looking at things because I didn't feel like I had an impairment, which I think is important. Um, but as an adult, you know, people can tell you things and you can process it. You know, you can choose to, to look at it differently. Whereas as a child, you're just like, oh, crap, that's me. You know, what can I do? So when I had first went in... Um, I had heard about the Brainwave Center about three years ago. I was in uh, growing the practice. Things were uh, were busy, and uh, I had met uh, Greg, the gentleman who runs the place, and we talked a bit, and we did an initial scan, and I think I maybe went back like two, three times, and then I had worked on him a few times, and life got crazy, and um, I stopped going, kind of put it on the back burner, and life got more crazy and life got more crazy and life got more stressful and you feel as though you just become this this beast of burden that's you know carrying uh, things that you know are unnecessary but you can't escape it you can't escape it in your mind because just like your physical structure your mental structure has evolved through traumas, emotional stresses, you know, uh, physical traumas, you know, accidents, head traumas, things like that. And about a year after, no, two years, two years after we had first really met, um, I had finally worked myself into a position where I was burning the candle at both ends in three places in the middle. And I had wax going everywhere. And fortunately I knew that I was kind of a sinking ship I knew that things weren't weren't well um, and I also knew that I had I had pushed myself too far you know it's uh, it's hard to understand the amount of uh, effort and time that really goes into uh, to growing a business what's necessary um, you know it's not like we're selling Girl Scout cookies uh, the type of work that we do isn't known of um, in many, many areas. And we're, you know, we're the, the unicorn in the woods. Um, there's few of us around there, around the country in general. Um, and when people come in, they're skeptical. It's hard to retain patients at first. Um, and this is all common stuff because they don't know what you do and, um, you're doing unique things. And sometimes you do the things that maybe aren't as significant later on and you don't get the the best changes up front and maybe that person doesn't get sold on it or whatever the case may be so you're constantly kind of pushing 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 trying to um to get people well to better educate yourself to better understand the measurements that we take and and how to treat things and all this stuff and then you compile that with at the time i was an instructor um at the center for neurosomatic studies 
Um, I was trying to launch a product business down here uh, in Sarasota. And uh, I was in the process of, you know, going through my fiance's pregnancy and then the baby's birth and segueing into being a father and fatherhood and everything that takes place in that. And boy, you think you, uh, you can handle some stuff, but when that stuff gets a little too much, you, you start to fall apart in ways and you start to cope in ways that you just don't even fully understand. And that's kind of where I was getting to. Um, I was in a, I call it a rut because I feel as though I had, um, depression and we can, measure that from the scans that we took but the way I describe it is more of a, a rut and I talked to many other patients about this too and I get the same reaction from a lot of people not everybody is in a severe depressive state really down and out um, some people are just off and they could be what you know you'd consider that type A high performer they can take it all on and juggle it all. And um, they can be slowly breaking down mentally because of what their brain is already programmed to do. Um, if they do have tendencies towards ADHD, things like that, uh, they can also pick up that there's metabolic stressors or metabolic dysfunction. And for me, I was... Uh, basically just kind of becoming a potato, you know, you, you lose interest in doing things. You, you know, I could still go out. Like I was still, you know, overall a happy person. I had a beautiful little girl, had my fiance. I mean, life was good. Um, and it sucks when life is good and you still don't feel, you know, up to par to do certain things. And you're just like, what on earth is going on? And, you know, you'll question it, but at the same time, because of the state that you're in, you'll shrug your shoulders and go, oh, well, you know, it's a bad day or, you know, there's just a lot going on. And just like gaining weight in the mirror, changes take place and you wither and break down and you don't notice these little changes because it's a little compromise here and there every day. And I finally got to the point where um, I had sought out like a therapist. I was like, hey, you know, Maybe I just got to go like talk, talk some things out. Like, you know, maybe it's a, um, maybe it's me. Maybe it's my interactions with people. Like, you know, what is, what's making me feel the way that I'm feeling. And therapy was very beneficial. And I will say that I did, uh, the therapy while in the beginning stages of the neurofeedback, um, neurofeedback basically be begins with about 12 treatments or 12 sessions or excuse me, 20 sessions. So in the beginning for maybe a month or two, um, I was seeing this gentleman and he was, he was helping me. He was, uh, you know, educating me a bit more about boundaries, which, you know, it's, it's easy to have boundaries with patients and kind of draw on the line somewhere, but not so hard with family and definitely not as, uh, not as easy with, um, having a little one, you know, you have to, we, we often put our kids at the top of the scale and they shouldn't be, they should fall into order in the rest of the family. Um, and when we put them is too much of a priority. They can take too much from us. And there's, there's a lack of structure when there's no structure, there's no love. Um, your kids will appreciate the structure. They may piss and moan, but they're going to appreciate it in the end. And, uh, I was not built. I was, I did not have these tools to, to understand that. So definitely going to therapy. And, and I had had this discussion with Greg, the gentleman who runs the brainwave center. 
And he said, a lot of times people do need to talk things out. He goes, we may be able to change things and cultivate, cultivate a, a, a new set of, uh, kind of wiring schematics in the brain. He goes, but you know, people have been through, uh, physical trauma, sexual trauma. Um, they've been in a state of depression for a long period of time. Uh, PTSD, you know, not just those that have served in war, but you know, I've talked to many patients that have witnessed someone commit suicide. Um, these are heavy, heavy, heavy emotional things, emotional traumas that we go through uh, and can bear witness to, and we don't fully understand the repercussions. You know, we're like, oh, geez, like that was, that was a shocker. That, you know, that really threw me through a loop. But you don't realize what's taking place or what's changing under the surface. Um, so for me, that's kind of where I was at. You know, I, I, I knew... I had already talked to Greg about neurofeedback, so I knew that was an, a possibility, but I didn't know how well it would work. Um, obviously, doing this type of work, I know what I can do. Um, I'm always a little more skeptical when I meet other practitioners because I've also realized that certain practitioners aren't as motivated um, or aren't as uh, maybe into their craft, and they don't really have it down, you know. And uh, I was just I was doubtful in the beginning, but when everything was becoming too much too overwhelming and I needed to make a change because I just wasn't healthy. Um, I reached back out to Greg and said, Hey, I go, uh, you know, this is what I think is happening. And, um, I go, I'd like to come back in and, you know, like to, to start everything again and really commit this time. Uh, so he said, great, you know, we'd love to have you back. And I went in, we did another follow-up scan and sure shit. Uh, just like I was anticipating, just like I was feeling the scan from the very first time, which would be now three years ago, um, wasn't as bad as the one from two years ago. So the more recent one we could see from last year, uh, or two years after, I should see. So uh, the second test was done on January or, uh, June of uh, 2019. The first one was done in August of 2017. And the 19 scan definitely showed that I was dealing with um, a greater deal of anxiety um, with that when anxiety becomes too much just with the brain and how it functions, uh, your brain will start to more or less inhibit itself, which is a term neurosomatic therapists are familiar with, but I've learned much of the medical industry is not. And uh, inhibition is basically uh, a dampening of uh, a retardation of a signal. So things get overstimulated and your body will begin to self-govern them. It will begin to turn that signal down. Um, or I should say not necessarily turn the signal down, but make it a less reactive area. You know, so if your biceps in a great deal of, of dysfunction, uh, the tissues can be inhibited because of the dysfunction. So it may feel weak. You know, you can only lift, only lift five pounds. And you can go to a PT and they can try to strengthen that and, you know, maybe get it to 10, 15, whatever. Uh, or a therapist recognizes that the tissue is inhibited they treat the tissue, they get the neuromuscular junction to release, and all of a sudden, within the same treatment, you can lift 20 pounds. And we didn't have to do any strength training, we didn't have to go to the gym, or anything else, we just had to get the tissue to a, a healthy state again. And that's what kind of neurofeedback is doing. Um, it's really been my, you know, mental NST. Um, you know, we have the ability to influence cranial bones and, and get things to move around in better positions, but you know, we have very little influence other than taking pressure off the central nervous system. We can't really correct it. 
and I'd find this with patients. Um, we'd correct some things and, and, you know, mentally or cognitively, um, there's areas we fall short, you know, cause I can't rub your brain. So, uh, Greg was finding that in my, uh, my second scans, um, I was becoming more inhibited and inhibition. The easiest way to understand inhibition in your brain is basically depression. Um, as you become more active and your brain displays more beta waves, uh, your brain gets to a point eventually when it realizes you are not doing any rest and relaxation, which is alpha. And your brain is so intelligent that it goes, okay, our captain here doesn't understand anything that's going on. And they can't calm themselves down throughout the day because they're constantly doing, uh, and we're producing those beta waves. But even at night, they're not stopping. Their their mind is still racing. They're still overactive mentally, whatever the case may be. And your brain will begin to impose alpha. And alpha is the, the rest, relax, chill out. And what happens is instead of alpha and beta kind of having this, uh, you know, this back and forth, you end up with beta stuck on or alpha stuck on. And I was in a very, or I was in a beta state, but I was transitioning to alpha. So when I had first went in, basically the easiest way to explain is I felt anxiousness. He had told me I had ADHD. I kind of took that with like, okay, you know, maybe I should, you know, I don't know, drink less coffee, uh, you know, meditate, whatever, something. And it wasn't basically until I started doing the neurofeedback that I even realized like the changes that needed to take place. So when I left after just finding out that I was anxious and everything, I was like, okay, well like, you know, I really need to, you know, control my thoughts. I need to, you know, I need to really buckle down on, you know, just letting my mind wander and do crazy stuff. And, you know, you can exercise, you can do a couple things to quiet your mind. But again, you know, your brain has evolved. It's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's shifted in a sense. And although those things can help and they are beneficial and I think they're great for support. I think when you're in, you know, the red, so to speak, when you're in the hole and you're trying to dig yourself out, um, you can't just do maintenance stuff. You know, you got to take some serious action. And I think a lot of people hope that medications, you know, do that for them. But man, I've talked to a ton of people that are taking antidepressants and other, you know, anxiety medications. And I mean, it takes the edge off, but it's nowhere near close to actually, you know, making these individuals feel well or, or, you know, really getting them on a, a better path. And, um, basically I kind of floundered until I went back to see Greg and committed to doing the sessions. But I mean, I could tell, I will say like the second time I went, the second time I went, I started to notice that the changes, like I felt more refreshed, like your brain just feels a little more like sorted out. So I'd leave and I'd go through the rest of my day, maybe go get a massage, you know, go work out, do something else for, you know, my health because it's my self-care day. Go get a haircut, you know, make yourself look good, get a good meal, take a little you time. Um, so I, was, I kept doing that stuff and I would notice that 
hey, for a couple of days, you know, I'd feel a little, a little more chipper, a little more upbeat. And what I was finding is uh, each time I would go, I was noticing that feeling uh, sustain. And it was going longer and longer and longer until eventually you get to a point where you're just like, you know what, like I'm not, not feeling too bad. Um, you know, maybe things aren't great, but you're, it's almost like your house is a complete disaster. And the first few sessions, it's as though someone comes in and organizes your office. And now all of a sudden you have a room you can go in, in your house. That's not chaos that you can be still in, that you can look around the room and what you choose to focus on, you then start to think about. Instead of walking into a room, everything's laying on the floor, and your mind is so busy focusing on everything around you because it's a complete disaster that you end up being so overwhelmed you can't do anything else. Um, that's how the first couple months went. And I could really tell when I was starting to shift because when I was going to see the the, the therapist, the gentleman I was speaking with, he, uh, I mean, he kind of had those moments where he was just like, well, he's like, I think you got this figured out. Like, you know, he was kind of, I could, it was weird for me because it seemed like he was just like, well, like, you know, you've kind of, you've sorted out a lot of this and like, I've kind of given you the tools that you need. Like, you know, it was, it was a weird dynamic. Like, I don't know if <clears throat> that's how he normally does things or if I really kind of picked things up and understood them quicker. Um, if that was the case, it makes me wonder if, did I have a different mindset or outlook and not such a, maybe a damaged viewpoint on looking at things, uh, because my, my mental health was improving. Um, but whatever the case may be, um, I'd stopped doing sessions with him, but I kept up on the, uh, the neurofeedback and, you know, there was a couple times throughout, especially like in the fall of last year where, you know, we were in North Carolina, we were coming back, we had Halloween, we had family over. Um, I had my bachelor party up in Nashville. There's all this stuff going on. And there were times when I wasn't going in. So, you know, I'd maybe go in three out of four weeks in a month or something like that. So, you know, miss a week here, miss a week there, maybe for a holiday, whatever the case may be. Um, but what I was finding is once I you know, I'd gotten my feet wet, so to speak. And I had gotten those couple of, or those, yeah, two months where the sessions in. So roughly I was like halfway through the, uh, the protocol. Um, I was finding that even if I missed a week that the changes were sustaining. So the changes weren't just bloop, falling off the radar. Oh, I'm kind of feeling back into a funk again. Um, I was able to handle it. And not only was I able to handle it, but I was able to handle it, you know, through stressful things. So, um, in my head, you know, we kind of, we, we formulate things in a weird way. Um, but for instance, like driving to North Carolina, um, I've driven long distances sometimes. Um, usually not all the way. Usually I have, you know, a co-driver or something like that, but North Carolina was like 12 hours up, 12 hours back. And I did it like a trooper all by myself. And you know, Amanda's watching the babies, her sister's watching the babies, and I'm plowing on down the road. And although it was stressful, I feel like I was able to take it better. Um, I was able to, to, to focus. I wasn't getting over anxious. I wasn't, get, wasn't getting stressed out. I wasn't panicking, you know, nothing like that. And, um, 
even when it came to certain family interactions I was having, I was finding that I wasn't getting worked up uh, about certain things. I was just like, you know, I would hear something. I'm like, oh, okay. And I could almost sit back and process it. Take it in instead of having, you know, being in this chaos of a room and picking up some random object off the ground and segueing into some reactive emotion. So, uh, I feel like about, you know, a quarter in to halfway, I really started noticing that I was able to, to leave. I was able to do stuff and, um, I wasn't, I don't even want to call it regressing, but I, I was sustaining the changes longer. And, uh, as time went on, I found that I was almost, uh, like turning corners you know, I would turn a corner and you won't realize it that day, but you'll look back a week later and you're like, wow, like this week has gone differently. I noticed this was different or this changed. And for me, that was, uh, in a sense, some sort of validation that I needed because, you know, with neurosomatic therapy, we can usually, we can measure change. Even if you're not feeling it, if we see it, we know we're on the right path, but there's just something that's been overlooked. So I knew that if I was experiencing a different feeling and, you know, I'd cut back on some other things, you know, I was no longer, you know, uh, talking to this gentleman. I was just utilizing the techniques and stuff that he had, he had given me. Um, I knew something was shifting for the better. And when you have that sense of confidence that, you know, I'm capable, uh, things get a lot easier and things start to kind of fall into place more. And then, kind of segueing into the, the remainder of the year, the very end, you know, through the holidays, you know, who doesn't have a stressful time during the holiday? You know, we, we usually have a big family over, uh, on Thanksgiving. We take care of a, a vast majority of it. Um, setting stuff up, cooking. I make whiskey, apple pies every year. Uh, you know, that stuff takes time. And when you're juggling a business, when you're juggling, you know, patient cases that are you know, problems like legitimate problems, like these people aren't, aren't getting well and they're falling short to where they should be. And, you know, that's, that's stressful. And then, you know, you're, you're maybe trying to, you know, hire therapists or, or, uh, you know, get people to get exposure to another therapist. There's a, there's a, just so many things that kind of go on and all these things just compound and compound and compound. And I was finding that I could just handle these things better. And I was becoming less and less reactive. Um, to information when I, when I just recently get it. And now that we've gone through everything, now that we've, you know, I've seen the proof in the pudding, you know, through the holidays, um, even more so this past, you know, two weeks, geez, these are probably, these past two weeks are probably more stressful than the holidays were. Um, we're kind of in the final stages of getting stuff ready for the wedding. And fortunately my fiance is a saint. Um, she's taking care of a lot of it, a lot of it. And, uh, I don't know if I wouldn't have just thrown my arms up a long time ago and said the hell of the whole thing, you know, if I wasn't in kind of the, the mental state that I'm in now, um, because it's very overwhelming. I mean, I can understand how <laughs> kind of planning for a wedding really takes the luster out of the whole getting married thing. Um, it's, uh, it's not as casual and as easy as it used to be. I mean, you can have it that way. You know, you can go off to, to Vegas and elope. You can do whatever you want. Um, that's your choice. Uh, for us, you know, we we have family up north. We have family down here. And we want our family and friends to share this time, this moment with us. We want, you know, this significant event in our lives um, to have these people present. So 
you know, if that comes with a certain deal of stress, if that comes deal with a certain cost or price point, we're going to do that. You know, we're willing to play ball. Um, doesn't mean everybody has to, but this was the path that we chose. And if you choose that path or any path that could be stressful, regardless of what you're doing, you need to acknowledge the fact that, you know, mental health is in component. And if you're already not in a great state, the last thing you probably want to do is bring more upon yourself to push you further into a hole. Um, so I just say that to be cautious. Um, cause I noticed just from my own experiences that, you know, the more you add to the fire, the fire just burns more, you know, it's not going to smolder it. It's just going to, you're stoking the fire and eventually the fire is going to grow and it's going to get worse and worse. And that's more or less what I was kind of noticing. So when I went back in for my rescan and they were showing me, you know, Hey, when you first came in, your anxiety was getting to a point where depression, that alpha wave or alpha waves were starting to push themselves onto your brain to calm itself down. It was like, Hey, you can't manage this. So we're going to do it for you because you're not doing a good enough job. Problem with that is when your body makes a correction, it usually makes a, we'll call it a semi-permanent correction because now I know it's changeable. Um, it creates a change and you have to deal with that change unless you know how to go in and actually address it. And for what changes, you know, kind of I experienced, um, I compare it to, you know, you'd have to do a lot of therapy, like a lot of therapy. You'd have to really figure some stuff out mentally and also develop some good mental health kind of physical health daily practices. Um, but I feel now the way that my mind works is I have, the, I received the benefits of, you know, you could say being a monk meditating in the mountains, um, everything that all the time that they spend into cultivating the, you know, the, the still mind that they have, um, you can achieve through neurofeedback. Um, when I did my, my follow up, uh, uh, brain scan, our brain map, we found that things had all improved, uh, my perception of how things, uh, had gotten better or was better. And we could also measure the brain and we could see that the brain in different categories were all, was also improving. So it further helps kind of, for me, validate that, you know, I felt certain things, I was doing certain things. And then on the back end, Hey, let's go ahead and measure. Let's take a scan and let's assess what's actually happening. Not just your perception of what's happening. And I'll be damned, it was spot on. Um, the anxiety had calmed down, the depression had calmed down. Um, everything had improved. Uh, he, it was basically noted I had significant improvements across the board. Um, and I, I'd taken some, some notes and kind of looked through my, uh, my mapping and stuff before I uh, was choosing to record this. And I was going to try to throw in some information, some facts that are kind of in the, uh, in the catalog that they give you the printout, but honestly, it's a little hard. Um, it's, I'm not skilled enough in kind of the verbiage and, and breaking this information down. So, you know, maybe in the future I can get, uh, get Greg on here and have him talk about it and rant for a little while about the, the benefits of neurofeedback and the more of the, the sciencey part that he understands. Um, I say this a lot, you know, I like to know a lot of things, but I like to be the master of one. Um, my thing's therapy. Um, 
his things neurofeedback. So there's certain things that we just won't dive into on this podcast, but hopefully in the future I can get, uh, get Greg on and we can kind of go through, you know, a little more in depth of, you know, not just the benefits of neurofeedback, but you know, some individuals that he's maybe treated, he's seen in the past, um, with, you know, more severe issues regarding, you know, significant head traumas, PTSD, severe depression, things like that. Um, but this, uh, this has really been a huge learning curve for me. Um, I'm, I almost feel like, uh, kind of giddy about it. Like a kid, you know, I want to say every patient that that's come in this past week or two, uh, I've been, you know, telling them like, Hey, finish my neurofeedback. Like, you know, I'm done with my program. Like, this is what I noticed. Um, these are kind of the improvements that I feel. And what's mind blowing is, you know, we do a full intake. So people say like, you know, they'll say medical history and depression's on there. They'll mention depression, anxiety. You'd be surprised how many people actually are like upfront and honest, honest about it. It's probably like 20%, 30%. And a lot of people I've talked with and a lot of people unexpectedly all of a sudden start opening up about things that, you know, they've been that way for years. They've taken antidepressants, they've done this or that, and they're stuck in a certain place. And just me talking to them and explaining the best I can of what's happening to the brain um, and kind of how we understand it through, you know, neurosomatic therapy terms like the, the term inhibition. Um, you know, they're looking at beta waves, alpha waves, and how it influences the brain and what state the brain's actually in. You know, we look at things as, you know, they're, they're dysfunctional or they're, they're not. Um, and unfortunately, in this case, I had a lot of dysfunction in my brain uh, that I couldn't manipulate out. That wasn't, you know, like I said, you can't massage it. Uh, you can't treat these things, um, physically at least. You can take pressure off, but again, that doesn't re-sculpt the, uh, the synapses in the brain and how the brain is actually communicating uh, and sending that information. So, uh, what I'll probably do is at the, uh, the, uh, uh, the info of the podcast, I'll include the brainwave center, uh, website. Um, I'm sure there's neurofeedback elsewhere. Uh, I know I've had minor discussions here and there with Greg about, uh, where neurofeedback is and, um, different people that do it, things like that. Um, the facility down here I know is growing. Uh, they've been looking to reach, or they have been working with, uh, not only kids groups, but, uh, paraplegics, other individuals that have dealt with, you know, PTSD type issues, uh, head traumas, etc. And, uh, they, uh, they seem to be doing the right things. They just seem to be doing the right things. And from my own experiences, I mean, I know this is an avenue now that is probably a lot more fitting for many people. Um, I know for myself, you know, my brain was operating in a way that, you know, sitting down and meditating, you know, first off my mind goes to, okay, what a waste of time. And then if I can, you know, overrule that and say, well, you know, you really need to do this for, you know, some self care. Uh, then I'm just, you know, I'm antsy and ready to go and want to do stuff. And, uh, I'm sitting here trying to still my mind and I can't, you know, I can't, or I, you know, I'd half ass it. And then I'd want to, you know, get up and skip off to do something else. And, um, I was just realizing, like, I want to say it was two nights ago. Uh, I had, you know, I had going back in time again, uh, when I was burning the candle too much, you know, I was trying to launch this product and, you know, I had, a, 
uh, some t-shirt designs that I was coming out with and uh, things that were important to me, things that had a lot of significance that, you know, helped explain uh, kind of my journey and some of the things that I had to, to do or a mental state I had to kind of adopt that I wanted to share. And um, I'm pleased to say that I was actually able to, you know, grind out, uh, I don't know, probably two, three hours at the minimum of um, website development you know, reconstruction type stuff. You know, I was able to get these images. I was able to upload them to the site. I was able to create pages on the site, create links, create, you know, the header and footer links and all that sort of stuff. Things that I, you know, I used to be a bit more of a, a, a computer nerd, I'll call it. Um, video gamed a lot and things like that. And then I got away from it as, as, you know, you build a business, you don't really have time to do much else. And if you do have time to do stuff else, you're going to spend it, you know, with the most important things. And for me, that's my family. And, uh, a lot of that's fallen to the wayside, but for me to be able to start a project, first off, to not procrastinate in starting a project and going, okay, I'm going to do this. We're going to get it done. Da, 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 da. I started working that night, worked through diligently and I've never, I haven't had one. I won't say never because I don't know if, you know, I don't remember everything as being a kid, but, um, I had the best focus, concentration, uh, memory retention, understanding where certain things were, remembering how they linked up. So when I went back and was making further changes, I could connect those dots and make everything come full circle. So it worked properly on the site. A lot of things. And then of course, this was at the end of the day, you know, I'm pounding that out before midnight. Um, after seeing, eight patients, 12 hour work day, same old, same old. And, um, I mean, I was, I don't even think it was maybe till the next day where I just kind of sat back and I was like, Holy cow. Like I need to kind of appreciate this for a second. Like I haven't, I haven't done this in a minute, like a minute, minute, like, I mean, long time. So, uh, for me, uh, this was something that was truly, life-changing. Uh, I think it saved me in a lot of ways. Uh, it's hard to say what kind of <clears throat> progressive mental state uh, that I would be in because it's not like I'd stop. I'm relentless. Uh, you know, we're going to drive this bus till the wheels fall off. So if uh, if I didn't seek out help, which I suggest people do, you know, if this if this is interesting to you, if this seems like, you know, something that might help you in some way, uh, educate yourself. Go out find some information, you know, heck, reach out to the brainwave center, reach out to somebody in your local area, figure out, you know, somebody that does it and make sure that they actually, they're doing it the right way. You know, I don't know if there's potentially wrong ways to do it, but I know I've heard of some people like doing uh, uh, remote uh, neurofeedback and people do it at home and you have to put the electrodes on yourself and stuff like that. You know, listen, I know people that, you know, can't wash their own car or tie their own shoes. So, if some, if a practitioner is going to, you know, leave their confidence in me to put electrodes in the right area on my head and I can't see the top of my head, I'm probably going to end up fucking up. So, uh, be warned, you know, if you find a facility, find a facility that, you know, they're mapping you in the beginning and at the end, um, my treatment process was for 20 sessions. They were half hour sessions, um, from conversations with Greg, it's not uncommon for people with severe mental traumas, um, physical or emotional, potentially strokes, things like that, um, to need, 
40, 60, uh, PTSD, kind of throw that in there as well, um, 40 to 60 treatments because they have more, uh, in some cases, permanent issues. Uh, you know, something has uh, created, uh, and this isn't how it's, well, I'll try not to use that, that terminology. Um, it's, he kind of describes it as if you have a path, um, like a well, a well-carved path, you know, a dirt path in the middle of a, a grassy field. Uh, when you have a mental trauma <clears throat> or physical trauma, um, something that really rocks your head, uh, it's like throwing a building or the corner of a building in that path. So now when you're walking through the path, all of a sudden you walk up to this, the corner of the building, and you're like, oh, damn, there's a building in the path. And what neurofeedback does is it will recreate the tightest path around that building to get you back on the primary path again. Um, and for individuals dealing with that sort of issue, uh, where it's more than just a deviation off the normal, more efficient pathways, uh, they're going to need more treatments. So do your diligence. You know, if you, if you want to uh, kind of look into neurofeedback, you can feel free to contact us. We'll give you some information, uh, for uh, the brainwave center here and I'll attach it in the, uh, the bio below, but, um, really interesting stuff for me. Uh, like I said a hundred times now, it's been life changing. Um, it's really given me something back and has, uh, put me, you know, mentally, uh, my mental health in a much better state that, you know, I can, I can do what I want to do. I can, I can go back to focusing on these, you know, little projects that I wanted to get going and, and things that I'd rather do. Hell, this podcast is a great example. You know, I've thought about doing this for a while. And uh, when you're so overwhelmed by, you know, what's going on in life and things already seem too great, um, fortunately for me, I kind of knew I shouldn't take on more, but I also wasn't being proactive in how I should try to fix it, you know, fix things. Um, so at the end of the day, I think uh, this has probably been... Uh, next to NST, probably one of the most significant things that I've experienced in my life as far as, you know, what it's kind of brought to the table, what my experiences were and what changes I've, I've noticed from it. So, um, I think we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up there. Um, like I said, hopefully in the future, we'll be able to get Greg on the podcast and, uh, talk a little bit more about neurofeedback, but, um, this is really some powerful stuff. It sounds like it's been around for a little bit of time. Um, but I think it's one of those things, uh, much like everything else, uh, it can take time to refine, uh, certain things to have the proper technology. Um, in particular with neurofeedback, you know, you, you're watching a movie basically the whole time. Uh, so you're there for a half hour, they connect some stuff to your face. You put on some colored sunglasses and, um, or glasses with led lights in them. And you watch a movie, and as the movie plays, the program is manipulating the movie in a variety of different ways. And what it is, is it's basically, you know, the carrot in front of the horse. So it's coaxing your brain to make certain changes. The minute it makes that change, your brain goes, oh, okay, here's a carrot. And it rewards it, so it corrects the whatever distortions it's making with the movie. And this is nothing that you can influence yourself. You can't sit there and Jedi mind trick it, trick it or anything like that. Um... It's just a moment for you to sit there, you know, enjoy a movie. And while you're just being present in that moment, 
your brain is starting to re-sculpt itself. It's starting to fire differently and fire more efficiently. So um, feel free, anybody who's listening, uh, I would highly advise if you're struggling with any of the things that we kind of covered today uh, and you're looking for an alternative method and you know you can afford some out-of-pocket expenses, um, this is going to be up your alley. Uh, and this is going to be, uh, you know, and I don't know this myself yet, but I don't believe it's a short-term fix. Uh, I do believe it's a long-term fix. Greg does say that these changes that take place are permanent. Um, but with that being said, we could say that neurosomatic changes are permanent as well. Um, the unfortunate part is, is as we live life and as we get older, we will continue to experience physical, mental, and emotional traumas. So changes made today doesn't mean you're going to be perfect for the rest of your life. If there's a significant death in your family, if you endure a significant head trauma, things are going to change and you will have to have a certain amount of refining done, but at least you'll be picking up the pieces from a good point instead of trying to pick up the pieces from a point where you've been stuck in a really negative state, really been stuck in a hole for a really long time. And now maybe you have a a car accident or, you know, some significant emotional trauma stacked on top of that that now you have to weed out things further. So uh, for myself, I think this will definitely be something that I continue to do, um, maybe not monthly, maybe every two to three months. Uh, and I'm hoping that in the future we'll be able to continue our relationship with the uh, the Brainwave Center. They do work with a lot of kids, and um, some of the issues the kids deal with, um, we can help with through the cranial manipulations or cranial balancing that we do. Um, and on the back end, neurofeedback is re-sculpting what's on the inside and refining those synapses and, and getting the brain to function more efficiently, uh, in ways that neurosomatic therapy can impact. So, um, pretty cool stuff. I hope this, uh, this sheds a little light on uh, a new topic for people and, uh, just give you a little something different than, uh, interesting patient cases and, uh, shoulder pain. So, I wish everybody the best. I will uh, begin this out as soon as possible, and uh, we'll be following up next week with uh, some more patient cases. Had some interesting stuff uh, regarding, oh, integrating some Chinese medicine with uh, neurosomatic therapy, uh, figuring out better ways to identify organ dysfunction, um, things like that. So we'll... uh, We'll sort all that out in the next one. And uh, until then, I appreciate you listening.